Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 126 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me... Ross! Hello Dave, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? And I'm, I'm very well. A more perfect intro there has never been. <laughs> just because yeah. I, I messed it up the first time and that's going to have got cut out of the show. But <laughs> Nobody will hear that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yes. That's just my word against yours. That's <laughs> why you have editing. <laughs> so, how are you doing? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, I'm really good. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know. I moved last week, so everything, everything's everywhere. Yes. Um, I've just had to fish in my microphone and my laptop outside of uh, boxes in places, and <laughs> we've been up to my eyeballs in flat pack furniture and boxes and papers for things. And <laughs> you never realise how much stuff you've got till you've got to move it somewhere. Oh, I know. I hate moving house. It's just a nightmare. Nightmare. But um, luckily, I've had plenty of time um, between Sky subscriptions to catch up on some Net TV and some Netflix and that kind of thing. It's been. Uh, I've actually got a lot. Got a lot in, which is good. 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 Um, so first of all, uh, my fiance and I have been playing Telltale's uh, the second season of Telltale's Batman game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so the, this is a really good game to play with someone who perhaps isn't that okay. She's bad at video games. It's, it's the, it's the, <laughs> we play Crash. Just, and she's, just throw her under the bus. It's fine. She's like, <laughs> she's like plays Crash Bandicoot to a level, a semi-professional level at this point. But every other game useless apart from Telltale Batman games. Um, yeah. So the second season, uh, the first episode's out. I think it's. I think they do an episode a month, and it's uh, it's really really good so far. First episode was really good. Good. Um, They've changed. They've changed enough to make it interesting, but it's still very familiar, um, okay. which is the worry. With because all these Telltale times, Telltale games essentially boil down to the same, you know, yeah. you know, the, the same um, interactions, which you yeah. could say about a lot of different series of games. But they've changed enough to make it. There's some new stuff and some interesting um, features and stuff. So yeah, definitely cool. worth a go. Cool. Um, and if you if you haven't played the first one, you can uh, create like the backstory of what happened in the first one, so you, you're not missing anything. Oh, that's you, good. Yeah. If you want to go, or if you have got a story and you want to change it, you can do that, or you can import your story from the last season, which is great. That's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so in TV, like everybody else, I've been watching Game of Thrones, really enjoying it. Yes. Yes. Um, I've got to watch. Um, I don't know if you talked about this, but there's a hot tip for you. If you've got Now TV, you can watch it any time on a Monday. Uh, you don't have to wait till like nine o'clock when it's on Sky. Yeah, yeah. That well, that's because it goes out. Um, it simulcasts with the East Coast in the US. Yes. So uh, yeah, they, isn't it like four a.m. over here? They take it out. Uh, it's two a.m. Two a.m. There goes. you go. So, so I, presu- I, I presume from any time onwards, you can get it on their TV. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's I, I watched it this morning. So Oh, is it good? I haven't watched this week yet. Um yes, yeah, it's it's I've good. Heard some good things. It's good. It's epic. There uh, I mean, there's a certain uh, there's a certain amount of plot holes if you're going to pick of course. points in it. You, there are po- plot holes you could drive a large articulated lorry <laughs> through. But um it's particularly do with the timing of how they're in one of place course. suddenly I've they're heard, somewhere else and you I've know. I've heard so many people say that um you know that they, they, it's happening far too fast, and I'm I'm all on board. I am full steam ahead with this. I'm, yeah, I'm no, loving the action. The the pace the pacing is fine. It's just it's a case of how how quickly characters seem to manage to get of from course. one location to another. You know, you'll have one person saying, "Oh, I haven't seen so and so for like three weeks." And then you'll have another character which suddenly manages to get from, as we saw them going the other side of the wall, you'll suddenly see them get well, back to the wall yeah. from where they were in that's like an instant. Say. And you're like, well, you know, there was a, a meme somebody, I saw somebody post up, which was basically the uh, the Skyrim fast travel box of like, do you want to fast <laughs> travel to the wall? Click. <laughs> so Very yeah, good. I mean, there's, there's stuff like that. But, you know, I'm willing to forgive a lot of that because, you know, you don't want to see somebody trudging through snow no, or you or you know across fields for like hours so it's fine i mean they could maybe organize the timing a little bit better script wise but in terms of the actual pacing of the show i i don't have a problem with it i know it's the, sped up a lot but the momentum is is very much picks up that feel of it, at the start we were all exposition and walking places and that was great but now we're sort of we're coming to a head so everything's going to get a bit quicker and people's yeah. things are going to move much more and it does feel like it's coming to something really important which yeah. is good because it's going to end soon so yes uh, next next week i think actually is the last one isn't it uh, is it seven and we're on five or no? I can't remember whether it's seven or eight. Well, so the next week it's the in week the next after. two weeks, certainly. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, uh, what else I've been watching? Uh, I've been watching Baskets. Still watching season two of Baskets. Really good. Still really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ballers came back. Do you remember last year? I liked Ballers. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ballers is back and it's still good. It's sort of salacious, soapy kind of thing, but with. You know, The Rock, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Rick and Morty, which I heard you talking to Bex about last week. Yes, yeah. Rick and Morty, I'm I'm now about halfway through season two. It's I've, good, isn't it? Yeah, it's fabulous. I, I See, last week when we were talking to talking about it, it was sort of, I was sort of like, yeah, it's good, it's fun, yeah. I'm enjoying it. I, I've completely fallen in love with it. It's, it's just uh, incredible writing. Really well, funny, brilliantly put together. I'm, I'm yes. so enjoying it, and the guest stars. I mean, always watch the end credits just to see the guest stars. You've had like you know, um, John Oliver. You've I had, was going to say, I know you're a John Oliver fan, so I was yeah. going to say that he's been on it. Yeah, John Oliver's been on. Uh, you've had Alfred Molina's popped up. Alan Tudyk's been on. Uh, there's a whole list of of just ridiculous names that come up. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's who the guest star was this week. It, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yes, really season season three every week is is on Netflix as well. I think we're about yeah. a week behind the US. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still good. It's good enough for me. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I said it was said to Bex last week. It's one of those shows that if I'm eating, I'll put it on because it's like 20 minutes long. Of course, so you can sort of eat size. and watch it. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, so I've been watching it through that. Fantastic. And also, um, this just this weekend we picked up the Defenders, which of yes. course came on Netflix on Friday. Is that right? Yes, Friday. Great. So yeah, um, 
I've heard a lot of criticism about it actually. Um, and there is, there's definitely some criticism. There's some valid stuff in there. Uh, my fiance guessed the plot by about episode three. She was like, here's what's going to happen. And yeah. then it happened. <laughs> um, but I think even so the set pieces are enough that I'm really enjoying it. Like when, um, this isn't a spoiler, when Matt walks in and says, Jessica Jones, stop talking. I'm your lawyer. And it's like, yeah. Ooh, like a drama and the fight of the fighting in these Netflix series is excellent. Yes. Um, also we, we didn't, we didn't watch Iron Fist and we didn't finish Jessica Jones. So it doesn't, it's not that far away that you have to know everything that happened. You can sort of pick up most of it, um, yeah. which I think is pretty good. Like if you just watch the Dependers, I think you could get it. I did. I did wonder how that would work because one of the criticisms I had of Iron Fist was the fight stuff in it just didn't quite seem to work, and yeah. uh, they seem to have sorted that out with Defenders. It's you know it, it's more in the style of the other series, yeah. so that's great. And uh, yeah, I was wondering how it would work for you because I knew you hadn't seen uh, Iron Fist, so I'm it's, glad you could pick it up. Well, we- I, I I think I think a lot of the Iron Fist stuff goes into uh, depth about the Hand, who are the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, and you got a lot of that in Daredevil season two as well. So maybe it's just because of that. I know a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think if you hadn't watched Daredevil season two, a lot, there would be a few gaps. Yeah. I, I think you're probably right there. I think you, you need to have either have seen Daredevil season two or Iron Fist series. Yeah. Yeah, I think but you, you don't have, necessarily need both. You possibly could have got away without watching Luke Cage because I don't think, I don't think there's much that carries over apart no. from, Apart from there's things like who knows who and who's where when, but you yeah. can just you can just say, oh, that's fine. They know each other. Yeah, because I mean, I've I've watched the whole series now because I binged it over the weekend because it's only eight <laughs> episodes. Is so, it good? We're on about five. Does it? Is it good? Yeah, no, it's really enjoyable. Ends really well. I think it's it's basically is a giant crossover you know i mean it is it is literally what it it says on the tin really and it's nicely put together it's well paced lovely direction i think in it so uh, yeah really enjoying it uh really enjoyed it i thought it's it's a good sort of setup for the next phase of of those shows as well i think because they've basically said the defenders ends phase one of of those Mm. shows so uh, and we've got another series of Jessica Jones coming, which I'm yeah. really looking forward to because I I still think D- David Tennant was one of the best villains they've had, if not the best villain they've had sure, in that role. Definitely. I really like David Tennant. In that. I, I don't know though. You've got. I think you've got to give it to Vincent D'Onofrio. Come on, Dave. He's excellent. No, Vincent D'Onofrio was great, but. I I really liked uh, <laughs> David Tennant's character. I thought he was so good and even creepier than yeah. uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. But I mean, yeah, I thought so, Vincent D'Onofrio was great as well. So definitely a lot of perfectly valid um, issues with it, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, lots and lots of fun. Really enjoyed that. Uh, so yeah, that's me. I mean, that's that's what I've been up to. It's been good. So um, yeah, as as mentioned. Uh, before Rick and Morty, I've been playing game. I've uh, been watching gaming wise uh, Fallout. I'm on Far Harbor at the moment. Uh, did you um, did you not talk about um, the the one after it last week? Um, I can't remember whether I'd started Far Harbor last week. I did oh, Nuka okay. World. Nuka World. Well, that's one because Nuka World's the most recent one, isn't it? So you've done them a different way. Surely. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I have because I mean I've oh. just got them all. So I, I don't think they link in though. No. No. Not really. Well, not at all really. So I mean, I I played uh, I played through. A, a lot of Nuka World. I'm sort of at the point where it, it wants you to go and start raiding settlements, and I, I don't really feel comfortable with that. Don't so have that. Yeah, I sort of don't really want to do it. So because like the minute men all turn against you, Preston goes against you, and I'm like, 
Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> fine. So it's fine. I never used him anyway. Far Harbour, I've really enjoyed though. Cause Far Harbour, I, I played through and I really enjoyed that too. Yeah, because you've you've got all the stuff with the Children of the Atom and you've got all the uh, all the stuff with the synths and, and that. So I've re- been really enjoying playing through that. Nuka World, I, I enjoyed, but I, I'm sort of disappointed that there isn't really a decent good ending. Yeah. You know, you've kind of got to be evil to get anything decent out of it. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that's slightly disappointing. So I've kind of left that without Maybe it's completely a, uh... finishing it. Maybe it's a harsh mirror held up to society, Dave, about how <laughs> you can't get on without being ultimately a bad guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I've played through all the uh, the robot stuff and, and that, mm. so uh, so that I've been enjoying. Yeah, Far Harbour's, at, at the heart of Far Harbour is a, uh, a mystery, without spoiling it, is a mystery that actually, I, I'm not sure if it does get solved. I think it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Does it, it does. at the end? Yeah. Well, I mean, but you can, but you can go through it and not know for quite a lot of it and yeah. be not sure. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And in some ways it poses a philosophical question about whether it matters the answer yeah. to the question. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. So, I mean, I, there are, there are various ways of resolving it as well. And whether it's, it's one of, of those things about whether you were, cause there are sort of three factions on the Island and it's who you side with. So it's, it's kind of a, a micro version of the bigger game in some respects yeah. as well. So, uh, yeah, really good content, the Far Harbour content. I really recommend that. TV-wise, though, Defenders, as we were talking about, a couple of other shows as well. Atypical, which I talked a bit about last week, uh, mm. I finished. It's only a sh- fairly short season. I think that's it's either eight or ten episodes, but they're sort of half an hour to 40 minutes. I mean, I think one of them was like 20 minutes long, you know, so they, it's it's chopped up into very odd different sizes Mm. so it's been fairly quick to get through but really funny really funny and really enjoyable about this sort of family and uh this kid that is a uh, high functioning autistic kid and him him sort of having this very literal view outlook on the world and how he copes with that and how his family deals with that as well and it's about him sort of being 18 and wanting to date and how he deals with that oh interesting i might Um, give that a go that sounds good it's it's very sweet very very funny as well really really good so uh atypical is definitely a thumbs up also on netflix because i've been watching through a number of netflix things ozark as well which is that jason bateman that one that's the jason bateman drama yeah so it's it's very different from a lot of the stuff you'll know jason bateman for if you're a fan of a lot of his other work i looked it up um because yeah i'm a fan of a lot of his other work in fact probably all of his other work Uh, but uh i I haven't got around to it yet yeah it's um it's a drama there is i'm hesitant to make this comparison but (laughs) there there is a certain breaking badness about it I mean, it's Ooh. it's not as good as Breaking Bad because what is, but th- several, there's several TV shows. Dave are better than Breaking Bad. <laughs> Mad Men for one is better than Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'll fight you on that, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's there, there is a feel of of kind of Breaking Bad to it because you you've got a a lead character who on the surface appears to be quite a good guy, but um, ends up involved with laundering money for a drug cartel and it it's sort of how that changes his life they basically the 
it, it, the opening episode, minorly spoilery, but the, the opening episode, basically, his partner gets caught. And as a way to try and talk his way out of it, what he says is, I found this opportunity, which is in Ozark, in the Ozarks, which is this area of um, Montana, I think it is, or it's, it's like a, it's basically kind of Hicksville, middle of nowhere, kind <laughs> of part of America. The idea being that it should be easy to launder money there because everything is a cash-based business because, you know, they're not using credit cards and that sort of, of stuff. So it's all kind of cash-based. So he's thinking, well, that would be a good area because we can go there and we can launder money through a lot of the local businesses. And he poses as an angel investor that comes in and saves failing businesses. So he's trying to sort of go around and buy up the companies. Oh, that uh, sounds good. The, and uh, it's it's about him kind of dealing with that. But kind of every time he, he makes a step forward, something blocks him and something mm. gets in the way because is the it, locals um, aren't particularly trusting. So Is it straight crime drama or is there a comedy aspect or is there, you know, it's, is there... The, yes, it is straight crime drama. It's, it's more kind of drama with some dark comedy thrown in i see, I I see. it sounds like a cross between like breaking bad and uh sneaky p and did you ever yeah. watch uh, lily hammer yes yeah, yeah i saw some of lily, lily hammer so as well that's that sort of we've gone to a, a place that's a bit you know it's yeah so more like sneaky Pete, where he goes to a little you know yeah a smaller a, town it's very much in that sort of vein that those are those are the sort of reference points for it so if you like those sort of shows Oh, well worth watching. It's really good though. Uh, ten episodes for the first season. It's got a second season coming as well, which I'm really looking forward to. It's it's really really solid Netflix show that, but it's called Ozark. It's well worth going to watch. So uh, yeah, I mean I think that's pretty much everything for this week. Apart from the, the other news, of course, we lost Bruce Forsyth this week at the age of 89, 75 years in yes. showbiz apparently. Which that's yeah, a good run. That's a yes. That's a huge kind of win f- for the guy. He's apparently in the Guinness Book of Records for the longest person ever in showbiz. <laughs> so uh, you know, lo- solid legacy to leave behind. I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, but uh, yeah, it's a shame. Will be missed. But uh, just wanted to mention that as well. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Next up, we have the TV and film news. <laughs> So TV and film news this week, we kick off with air dates as usual, air date updates. First one is uh, Sky Living have picked up a show called The Good Doctor, which is from House's David Shaw, which is coming at some point in October. Haven't set an exact date for it yet. Deals, again, it's another show that uh, has a uh, autistic character in the lead, and it's a it's a sort of a high-functioning autistic character who is basically mm. a genius doctor. So it's sort of part house, part Doogie Howser MD. You know? Doogie Howser, <laughs> no, there's a reference. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's sort of a kind of a mixture of the both, because he's quite young so other people don't take him seriously he has trouble interacting with the other doctors as well because you know doesn't connect with anybody particularly well so uh, so that but that looked like a really good show there's a trailer up for it on the website if we want to go and have a look but uh, as i say it's from house is david shaw so I, th- I think daniel day kim is the producer on that because originally it was a korean format show and he brought it over so uh, Daniel Day Kim, who's just left Hawaii 5.0, having argued with them about money. So mm. um, yeah, he's he's now a producer on that. Red Dwarf is returning in October. Again, we don't have the exact date for it, but that's for its 12th season, which I'm really looking forward to because the 11th season really, really put it back on solid footing, I think. Yeah. It was one of the best 
seasons of Red Dwarf we've had in a very long time. So uh, really looking forward to season 12 of that. And I know uh, Bex mentioned last week that she was uh, re-watching them all. Yes, yeah. So uh, she'll be happy with that news. Yes, I'm sure. Channel 4 have set an August air date for the Great British Bake Off. It's coming on the 29th of August at 9pm. Uh, this is the uh, what, new... What, what do you th- Go on. This is the new revamped Channel 4 version of Bake Off. What do you think about this, Dave? What's your opinion on this? To be honest, I never watched Bake Off, so... What? <laughs> I know, I'm a terrible British person. Stop, uh, stop, stop Rick and Morty. Catch up with this, <laughs> I am not going back to watch episodes of Bake Off. I mean, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see. I do adore Sandy Toxvig. She's amazing i've actually seen her do she came to the uh, litchfield festival a few years ago and did sort of an hour and a half on stage and was brilliant so i Mm. and she's she's such a wonderful person so i i think she's a great choice as as the presenter noel fielding Fielding, is interesting i i think as an addition as well as sort of adding the kind of slightly more zany stuff to it very much channel four's guy yeah so i don't know um i would reserve judgment i as i say i never watched the original so i i don't know but it's interesting that they've extended the run length of it as well so you'll get the same amount of bake-off just with adverts so it's an hour and a quarter instead of being an hour it's an hour and a quarter basically allowed the quarter of an hour advert time in there on the end yes they've added that onto it as well so it'll be the same length there was news that fox uk apparently have picked up lucifer which actually premieres on Amazon Prime over here, but it's getting a linear TV premiere on the 31st of August at 9pm on Fox UK. Lucifer, if you haven't seen it, is an amazing series. Really, really good fun. Doesn't bear any resemblance to the comic book as far as I can tell, (laughs) uh, other than the basic kind of main plot beats. But uh, Tom Ellis is, is just great as the lead. It's funny and kind of a procedural drama but with a kind of a supernatural twist to it but just really really charismatic league guy in it and uh, well worth watching so uh, there's that and uh, as i mentioned earlier ozark's been renewed for a second season as well so i but i urge you to go and watch the first season of that because it's brilliant moving on news this week we <laughs> the first very big news story we got <laughs> was um the apparently the team behind the walking dead are suing the US network AMC who make the show for a billion dollars or up to a billion dollars. So uh, we got the news last week that Robert Kirkman, who is the man behind The Walking Dead, the guy that created the comic book and he's one of the producers of the show, he has signed an overall deal with Amazon. Um, We kind of posted it and thought, well, that's interesting because why not with AMC? What's going on there? And uh, the reason appears to be a few days later that they then they then kind of turned around and sued AMC for a large quantity of money. Their the, the basic argument is that um, AMC, the, the studio who makes the series, have ended up doing a sweetheart deal with the network who buys the series to allow them to undercut the profit share that the uh, producers would get if it was made by an outside studio if that makes oh, sense see. so their argument is that they're that they should get the same they should get the same as if it was made by an outside studio rather than made by amc's in-house studio and that's what their argument is essentially what was really interesting was amc's response to this effectively called them predictably opt- opportunistic money grabbers is is oh. 
is effectively I mean, it wasn't exactly that but uh, certainly some bad blood then yeah um and yeah that's a kind of quite strong way of coming out against it and obviously amc are going to sort of make remarks against it but that seemed like not the most tactful way to uh, air your grievances particularly yeah. as you do want to continue this working relationship with the creative team behind the walking dead yeah i think even with something like this because it's it, it's had a bit of a drop off in a way that something like a game of thrones hasn't mm. um then it, it's it's difficult but they've got different shows haven't they the walking dead so yeah. there's, there's perhaps there's more of a stake in it you know well there there is the, the lawsuit covers the walking dead fear the walking dead and talking dead oh, um the uh, by the way the none of this at the moment well i mean we don't know with the lawsuit because the lawsuit could end up tanking the show potentially but the, none of the move to amazon or any of that sort of stuff will affect fox i've had fox confirm that with me so the rights of of airing walking dead talking dead and uh, outcast as well which is robert kirkman's other show those will all still be airing on fox uk they're not going anywhere fantastic um but the thing with this is it puts amc in a very difficult position because if the team behind the walking dead walk you've no longer got the hugely profitable set of shows. Mm. However, if you're paying out a large quantity of money... It might not be worth it. Yeah, it makes them less profitable anyway. So that's tricky. But if you let it go, Robert Kirkman's now got a deal with another studio. So it's entirely possible, depending what the rights deals are, that he might be able to pick the whole property up and move it to Amazon. Mm. If that is the case, if AMC say, oh, we'll cancel it and they are allowed to shop it to other places, then all he's going to do is pick the whole lot up and move it across to Amazon if he wants to continue it. So it puts them in a quite a dubious position. And I tend to side on the part of the Walking Dead guys because AMC, yeah. AMC are known for like having a number of lawsuits like they've got a lawsuit already uh, from Frank Darabont who was the person that uh, originally started The Walking Dead and then was ousted halfway through the second season um, he's already suing them for uh, 200 million in damages so <laughs> the whole situation is kind of tricky it's going to be very interesting to see how it turns out interesting one to keep an eye on certainly yeah and uh, but I mean it, this isn't the first time that this has happened as, as they do mention uh, uh, AMC in their statement this does happen quite a lot Bones was the most recent example of the last two seasons two or three seasons of Bones the the cast and the production team who you know, were also producers they were actually suing Fox for mm. um, profits again on the show because they believed Fox weren't paying them enough so it happens fairly regularly so I I think it'll probably be okay I think It'll get sorted out however it washes out. I think it will be fine. I mean, we don't know how long, how much longer The Walking Dead was going to go on for anyway. So, you know, it may be that we get a couple more seasons and then they decide to call it quits. Who knows? Whatever happens, season eight is coming uh, 23rd of October. That comes to Fox UK. So at least we've got that to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) And the drama that happens behind the scenes as well. Yes, yes. This is going to be interesting. 
Moving over on to uh, another show, Suits. Do you watch Suits? I don't know whether that's a show uh, you've I have to. been encouraged so much to, rock, to watch Suits. Mm. Um, I said uh, we were watching, there is an episode of The Defenders, perhaps the first one, where Matt does a bit of lawyering. Yeah. And I said this, if, if, if the first season or any of the seasons would have been a bit more lawyering, and just even you could do one-off episodes that don't mean anything, they're just him doing, solving a case, there's a bit of underhanded daredevilness on the side. This would have been a much better show all round. And she <laughs> said, you know what? You keep saying it. You should just watch Suits because this is all Suits is. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, Absolutely. I should get around to it. And, you know, six seasons I've got to catch up on, right? Yes, yes, you have. Um, but it is a brilliant show. It's well worth watching. What they've said is uh, we we knew that they were talking about a creating a spin-off series. And they've now said that the season finale for Suits Season 7, which will come probably about March, April next year, because they split it in two. So the uh, new season is running, I think, at the moment, and then it will come back mm. sort of after Christmas. What they've said is the season finale for, for this season will serve as a backdoor pilot for the uh, spin-off series, which will star Gina Torres. The idea for the spin-off series is uh, basically because uh, her character, Jessica, left at the end of, it was in the middle of last season. Mm. They gave various reasons on screen. The, the reason off screen was the fact that due to various uh, things going on in her life, Gina needed to spend more time back in LA and they shoot it all in New York. So mm. the, it was getting tricky for her to be able to cope with that. So she needed to be back in LA. And she had said previously, if we could shoot it in LA, I'd be on it forever. So she then went to uh, the guys behind the show in the network and said, what about creating a spinoff show which follows Jessica character as she moved from the uh, law firm to Chicago which was mm. you know where she moved to rather than create another lawyer series what they've said that they'll do they're doing with this is they're going to base it around Chicago politics which is is quite an interesting area because mm. of course that's where Obama comes from um, yeah. you know it was and there's a lot of interesting stuff that goes on in Chicago politics it's it's quite you know a sort of backstabby sort of world to get into so uh, I mean American politics in general is but <laughs> you know uh, particularly Chicago is quite a good city to set that it would obviously the whole thing would be shot in LA rather than Chicago but that's fairly common the idea was, is that Jessica will be using her years of legal knowledge to navigate her way through a new and sort of uncharted area um, and playing with Chicago's political players and and that sort of stuff, and but, also you you do see a lot of that, don't you? That lawyers becoming politicians yeah. and things. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, they rather than it being a kind of suits to spin off, mm. it, it will be a a different sort of show, which uh, I quite like the idea of. I I I you know I really like Julia Torres ever since she's been in Firefly. She's a, a fantastic actress. So I thought this was would be quite good. We don't know who the rest of the cast are going to be. There are apparently going to be three characters which will show up in the finale, which will then be shifted over, assuming they work, will be shifted over into the spin-off series, assuming that gets picked up. Mm. Um, we don't know whether D.B. Woodside, who played her boyfriend or on-off boyfriend, Jeff, who she moved to Chicago for, we don't know whether he's actually going to have a regular role because the problem is that he's also on Lucifer as well. Oh, I see. But both shows do show will be shooting in L.A., so... So we're saying a uh, new season of Firefly coming soon, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I so, wish. Yeah. It filmed in LA. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But uh, yes, I unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it, it looks 
good and solid. It's uh, I mean, they have got the problem now that they're basically trying to create the finale and a spin-off show as the yeah. same thing. I, you I mean, don't want it to suffer, do you? Yeah, so they've got to try and work something out for that. But they're sort of working on the idea that Harvey and the team will end up going to Chicago to help Jessica out with something, and that will introduce sort of all the elements that they need to set it up for the show moving forward. Again, assuming it gets picked up, because that's the whole point of the backdoor pilot. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But um, suits, if you're if you're currently interested or you haven't caught up with that suit season seven and all the previous seasons are on netflix if you want to go and watch those so we're well worth going to watch if you've not caught them yet and finally galaxy quest which i'm assuming you've seen this film uh no <laughs> is, that o- is that okay <laughs> no no that's not okay at all you really need to go watch galaxy quest it's an amazing funny funny film it's a tell i mean it's tim allen and i'm not the biggest tim allen fan but i do like tim allen i'm a big tim allen fan yeah i mean if you like tim allen certainly tim allen sigourney weaver alan rickman you know the he's got a, a good bunch of people in the cast for that it's really really entertaining they that they have now got a tv pilot in development or they had a tv pilot in development for a while uh, this is over at amazon and uh, the problem was that originally they planned to bring all the original cast back but uh, tim allen was tied up doing last man standing which has uh, now been cancelled by abc and then of course alan rickman died so they had to put everything on hold because they weren't sure what they wanted to do with it because he was such a big part of the original movie so they've now found a new writer and have started rebuilding it what form that will take we don't quite know yet it's a guy called uh, paul Shear. he uh, wrote the league which is not something i watched yes. but uh, um, i've watched the league it's really good paul Shear is really good as well okay yeah he's taking over writing writing duties from robert gordon who was the guy that originally penned the movie, taking over from the original writer, which is kind of got to be a bit kind of hair-raising to do. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, if if you're not familiar with the film, it is basically a Star Trek-like TV show which featured this group of actors who, you know, the show was on like 10, 20 years ago. They're now basically doing the Comic-Con circuit and uh, are fairly kind of washed up, and they're doing things like supermarket openings and stuff like that. They all get abducted by a group of aliens who have seen the historical record, i.e. the TV show, believe, oh, right. it all, believe it all to be real, and want the crew to come and save their uh, species from an invading alien galaxy. So, okay. so that's the premise for it. It's a fantastic movie. It's going to make a really good TV show, I think, if they can nail it right. The the problem with it is they've now got Seth MacFarlane's The Orville to contend with, which is essentially doing the same thing. So, I mean, I know Galaxy Quest came first, but you've got Seth MacFarlane's show, which is also a kind of spoof of Star Trek mm. as well, which is essentially what this was. It was sort of a spoof of Star Trek. So, you know, now that's now out there, whether that will change how they develop Galaxy Quest, I don't know, or whether it won't have any impact at all. I'm not sure. But um, I like the idea of it. I think it's a it's a good thing to try and develop into a TV show. No news on air dates yet because um, you know it's only just found a new writer and we don't even know whether it'll go to series. And if it's coming to Amazon, the chances are they'll make one episode and then put it out for to see whether people want more because that's how Amazon tend to do things. Mm. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I think it will be a good one. If you're a sci-fi fan, I 
think definitely, you know, there isn't that much American sci-fi comedy out there. Worth a go. Yeah, definitely worth a go. So that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have the interview. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The interview this week is with the composer Dominic Lewis. Uh, Dominic's a British-born composer. Uh, He's been working in the US since 2009. He's based at Ham Zimmer's Remote Control Studios in LA. So technically, he's a Zimmer elf, as we tend to refer to them, (laughs) because everybody goes through that studio at one point or another. He first started working with the legendary film composer John Powell, uh, which led him to creating additional music across various films, including the 2011 Oscar-nominated How to Train your dragon he's gone on to provide traditional music for things such as kingsman secret service x-men's first class captain america winter soldier amazing spider-man 2 and big hero 6 as a composer in his own right he created the soundtrack for the animated feature Freebirds, spooks the greater good and the big show he's currently working on is man in the high castle so should say i conducted this interview earlier in the year and uh, then unfortunately didn't kind of go out for various different reasons Since we did the interview, it's also been announced that he's providing the score to the much-anticipated revival of Disney's classic DuckTales. So so, uh, on one hand, show about Nazis in America. On the other hand, show about a megalomaniac millionaire. So... Who's um, a duck? <laughs> as a, who, who is a duck? I'm sure there is a Donald Trump joke in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> anyway, here is the interview with Dominic Lewis. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. Hi, Dominic. It's Dave. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, good, good. You're based in Santa Monica these days, aren't you? That's right, yeah. I'm at, I'm at Zimmer's place. Remote control? I am, yeah. I'm at remote control. Um, I've been here for getting on for nine years now, probably eight, eight and a half years. Wow. I'm never sure how long people sort of tend to stay there because there's, there's a huge swathe of people that have gone through that studio over the years. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I guess the goal for everyone is to have their own place. And I think when one has a family in order to stay married and um, be involved in your children's lives, you (laughs) at some point should probably move your studio back home. But that costs money and and that's not money I have right now. So I'm still here renting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great place to work there. I mean, you've got people like Will I Am has been through there, Pharrell, Junkie XL, and then, you know, from the more well-known straight composers, Trevor Morris, Mike Levine, James Levine, half of which I've talked to at one point or another. So, you know. Yeah, Jimmy's in the studio next to me. So. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, I see Jimmy a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, nice guy. I've talked to him. Ramin Jawadi as well, uh, which you've, you've worked with as well, I Believe. I have worked with him. Yeah, when yeah. I uh, actually when I well, I when I first got here, I worked with John Powell, and then um, yeah. after that, when I came across to remote, I uh, 
I did Clash of the Titans with Ramin um, and a couple of other things as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got a few movies going around at the moment and the TV series, which we should, is probably the first thing we should probably talk about. Uh, Man, yeah, in the okay. High Man in the High Castle is is your TV series, which has come back for a second season. You're actually a co-composer on that. Uh, the second season is just me. Oh, is it just you, the second season? Okay, cool. Yeah, the cool. first season was co-composed with Henry Jackman. Yeah. Um, and the second season is just me. Oh, excellent. Why has that come about? Has he gone off to do something else? or? Um, well, the first season was very much, you know, we set up our um, sound and, um, you know, I sort of, as, as the season went on, I sort of took over. Um, right. So it just felt like a natural progression for, and I'm very grateful to Henry for allowing me to kind of just, you know, spread my wings and yeah, yeah. and take the second season. And uh, it, it's it's gone really well. And, you know, obviously the goal for every young composer is to get out there and, and, and do stuff themselves. So I'm very grateful to him for allowing me to do that and giving me the opportunity. So that's kind of how it happened, really. Yeah, yeah. You've done a couple of TV seasons as well. So Man in the High Castle, you did The Player as well, which uh, and did Kevin from work. You've also done a shed load of movies as well, but we'll, we'll come on to those. Sticking with Man in the High Castle, how did you end up coming on to that show? Originally, um, they Scott Free um, approached Henry yeah. and... Um, he was obviously very busy as he is always yeah and he needed help so i think i was eating lunch uh, at the time in the um kitchen here at remote and uh, he came and sat next to me and told me what the show was that you know he'd really like me to help out you know he'd try and try and get them to give make it a co-write so it'd be both of us so obviously i was like yes definitely I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely involved in that if, yeah. if if that's what they want and um you know the awesome people that's got free said yes agreed to it and um we hit the ground running and, and never looked back really so yeah I, I as i as i said i'm extremely grateful to henry um and you know it would never this whole thing would never have been possible without him so yeah yeah so you're you're dealing with a t show a tv show which is basically uh 60s america under nazi and japanese control right how do you start approaching that i mean was at henry already started on on uh themes and things for it and you were kind of picking up on that or and then do and then you develop that yourself or was it something you co-collaborated on from the beginning for me yeah it was a it was a collaboration from the beginning um what we um we went to i it was a different place than where for where i go now but we went to where the editing house was and we spotted the first episode with um david semmel and david zucker right and from that point on you know we came back to the studio and put our heads together and started coming up with ideas and then it was because it was quite a short space of time well i think we had about 10 days to do the whole pilot because at that <laughs> point it was just at that point it was just a pilot it wasn't a whole season yeah because of the way that Amazon are doing yeah, things, yeah, yeah. they you know they do their pilot and then they see how well it's going to do and then if it's if they if, if they like it they pick it up. So it was just the pilot. So yeah, Henry and I sat in a room in his room um, here at remote and uh, I took my cello over there and we started sort of coming up with ideas and coming up with chords and you know then I took that stuff away and we divided cues up and he did his bit and I did mine and we got through it. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it got picked up. And as I say, as the season went on, you know, I, I sort of took the the, the lion's share of the of the composing. Um, obviously, using the themes that we'd come up with at the beginning of the process. So yeah, yeah, it was. So on the pilot, Henry played a lot of piano, and I played a lot of cello. And 
I sort of took that and ran with it. Yeah. And then in season two, it just um, actually, you know, everyone sort of not drew a line under what had happened because the characters have started on new journeys and almost taken on new personalities. You know, some of them are weaker now because of what's happened in season one. Some of them are stronger. We needed new material. Yeah. So uh, I came up with a lot of new material for season two. You mentioned there that you you are you play cello. Cello is is sort of your is that your go to instrument really for composing no i mean kind of i mean it definitely helps yeah i think that um you know i used to be a good cellist i don't know if i am now <laughs> i have um i have computers to help me these days which is good <laughs> but i write i mean i basically write on the piano or or a version of a piano my midi yeah. keyboard that, yeah. that lets me play all the instruments in the world but yeah it was really helpful on this to to, to go to the cello one because i kind of missed it and two because it fit the show so well yeah and oftentimes you know i just sort of create sort of soundscapes and sound design and and you know put down pads and and weird noises and then not necessarily click out stuff because you know most stuff is written to click so people can play it but yeah. i just sort of set up a sound world and then uh, improvise with the cello around the themes that we created and and you know so for example in season one on the bridge uh where juliana's just thrown the um yeah. the guy over the bridge and she's distraught she's crying and she's you know sitting down on the bridge that was just you know i set up that sound world and then just improvised her theme over the top yeah. um which is you know it's it's great because it's just a raw reaction to what's happening on screen and you're not really thinking, about, well, I've got to hit that bit and I've got to move the tempo to do that. And it just it takes all that stuff away and you just react to it as a musician and as a storyteller. So the cello in that respect was really useful. But in terms of the sound of the show, dealing with the kind of alternate reality was very much left to what the songs were going to be. Yeah. And every week when we spotted stuff, we would talk about it for hours about, you know, can we use that song? Should we use this song? But what if this happened? And, you know, it, there was a lot of a what, what ifs. So my job really was just to kind of come up with the sound of the show, not really thinking too much about, you know, different realities and different histories and just come up with a sound that fit the picture and, and fit the characters. Yeah. So... It wasn't, I mean, I'd like to say that it was really in depth and I would, you know, I was trying to come up with <laughs> sounds that has never existed and, and, you know, a lot of, and it has a history through line, but it wasn't, it was just a reaction to the picture and the characters and, and their journeys. Yeah. So, I mean, as you say though, the cello works really well for, for that sort of, um, the environment that they're in, I think. And it's, you know, it, it seems to fit the right sort of instrument for it. Yeah. I mean, it started out as a West Coast thing. It started out primar primarily as sort of Juliana's instrument along with the clarinet yeah and then season two people are moving around all over the place so it overlaps and the the main instrument families the, the east coast was brass and you know very stereotypical yeah. German Nazi associated instruments and then on the west coast it was more woodwinds and, and string instruments yeah um and then in season two everything's just cross-pollinating all over the place so <laughs> which is good because you know you've got you've Juliana goes off and well, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, as I yeah. say, everyone's moving around. So, so could the instrument families in order to sort of follow them wherever they go. Yeah. And also, you know, people are showing different sides and going through different things. So, you know, Smith, for example, we see as this very stern character, which I mean, he always remains. And, you know, 
mostly evil, but then we do see, you know, another side to him with the yeah. story with his son and everything. So there are there are opportunities to again cross pollinate with with instruments there too. Yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful um, put together soundtrack to to that show. Were you involved in the theme as well? Because there's that version of Edelweiss that they use. I, my involvement with it was we recorded it in my studio um, <laughs> with Jeanette uh, and. And the sort of creepy weirdness that comes underneath it. Yes. It wasn't my, I'm not going to, it wasn't my idea at all. It was very much um, from Scott Free and, and David Semmel. And they came, they came up with that uh, and Amazon. And I, I my, my involvement was the execution of it as opposed to, you know, yes. being the brains behind it. So yeah. unfortunately that was not my idea and I cannot yeah. claim that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a lovely, ver- well, I'd say it's a lovely version. That's probably not the right word. It's a very, it suits the show so well, that version of yeah, it. It's really extremely does. creepy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Honestly, it, it um, instructed a lot of what the score should be because there's often that when you have an alternate uh, reality, you know, things on the surface seem normal and they seem familiar, but actually they're very unsettling and creepy and strange and weird. So a lot of the time with the score on the surface, it would come across as being sort of kind of a, a, a sweet or, or a major melody. Yeah. And then you know, I would take something high or something low and offset it or a sound design element that, that kind of just tilts it a little bit and makes it unsettling. So you don't really know where you are, but you at the beginning, you kind of think you do. And then you, and then it's like, well, hang on a minute. I feel really weird and horrible. Well, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely in season one. And then in season two, everything's a little bit more grand and the stakes are higher. And, you know, there's a, there's a definite purpose to, ev- to what everybody's doing. And, and because we're already used to the, this world, the alternate reality that is, um, yeah. Things become a bit more obvious musically and not quite as ambiguous harmonically or in texture. And so we save that. We The, the funny thing is when, um, I don't want to spoil it for people, but we see at the end of season one, I think I can spoil season one stuff yeah, now. Yeah, you're okay with season uh, But um, it's the end of season one, obviously Tagomi crosses over to our 1962. Yeah. If, if we had won the war. So when elements of that happen in season two, it would to us that would normally you know that's on not that's normal for us that's our world but yeah in this show what i wanted to do was especially from being from tagomi's point of view create a sound that was really not normal at all and not dark but strange and unknown yeah. um so i used a lot of marimbas and um the the some of the bell sounds that made up his the necklace and the transition theme from season one i took that and ran with it and it's not necessarily um it's not complex harmony but it's a little it's a little bit more complex um to make it strange and weird not in a, but this time not in a dark way just did in an unknown way yeah yeah um yeah no I, so I then you know mean. when you yeah so when you're in when you're in Berlin and when you're back in in uh, in New York in season two, you know I chose, especially in Berlin, I chose to use kind of traditional, classical Straussian, if you will, harmony that seems familiar because the, you know we we've been in this world for a whole season and it needs to yeah. seem not normal because obviously it's about yeah. <laughs> you know Nazis, but you know you do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't want. With this show, it's it's really cool because you get to kind of just flip everything. Yeah. So yeah. things that seem see things things that seem should seem normal are weird, and things that are weird become normal. Yeah. Yeah. Which in a way makes them even more unsettling and creepy and horrible. 
Yes. So, you know, when you're seeing Nazi saluting and, you know, Sikh heiling, you, yeah. the temptation is to play it like it's really super evil and, and do the Nazi thing of, you know, what everyone Nazis are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, with with this show, what you can do is you can flip it and you play it as a proud and, you know, honorable moment. And it just because, you know, we're all hopefully good people. It makes yeah. it just so unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I Yes, I can see what you mean. As I say, I, I really like the music in that show. I think it, it goes really, really, really well. Thank you. Other things you've worked on. There's quite a lot of, I mean, as, as, about as far away you can get as sort of Nazis <laughs> in your back catalogue, because you've got a number of animated features. You've got uh, Freebirds yeah. you worked on. Open Season, there was some work on that. Oh, Big Hero 6, you did some additional music for as well. I did, yeah. I've done a lot of additional music on yes, animation that te- stuff. I was going to say, that, that tends to be the case with people that work at Remote Control. Is <laughs> you, you go through that list, you, you can always tell the Remote Control people because there's a ton of additional music credits on this that stuff yeah yeah never i don't think i've stopped working for yeah. eight years which is good it's yeah first, oh, you know, no, absolutely first, first world problems yeah but yeah no i start actually my start out here with john was was animation and i was very lucky to be a part of the how to train your dragon score right um, yeah to uh, con- contribute to that in a very tiny way was was awesome yeah you know i've done kung fu panda 2 and uh rango and rio and you know, yes. a lot of additional stuff. And then myself, my first animation was Freebirds. Yes. Which was great. And John was very kind. And at that point, I because um, I'd been working at Remote Control, I didn't have my own studio. So he very kindly let me use one of his up at his place. So right. that was lovely to write that score up in the in the green of the um, of the Palisades. And he my, the, the studio he um, he let me have had a big window that looked out across the ocean. And, oh, lovely. Um, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> A really awesome experience. I think Freebirds was the last movie I did by myself where I actually got a decent amount of time to yeah. write the score. <laughs> I feel like everything else after that, I've you know, I haven't had much time. But I'm one of those people that does better under pressure anyway. Because yeah. I, I, if I if I have too much time to think about stuff, I second guess myself, and it, you know, often yeah. ends up being rubbish. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, but Freebirds was great. And you know, if I had to choose one genre of film that I could only do for the rest of my career, I mean, I think it would definitely be animation, just because there's so much. Oh, it's just it's just a much bigger canvas to be able to you know you get to flex your yeah. orchestral muscles and you know there's so much hybrid animation score now and you can do you can, can kind of do anything. Yeah, um, I've just finished a movie actually called Henchman yes, for a I new was, studio. I was reading a bit about that. It, that looks brilliant, and it's got Nathan Fillion in the cast, so you've sold me already. <laughs> oh, cool! Yeah, no, the cast is brilliant. Alfred Molina is fantastic in it. Rosario Dawson, Craig Robinson. I mean, the list, the list goes James on. Marsden, but, um, yeah. James Marsden, yeah, who I met, I went to one of the um, voice sessions, and he's just so lovely <laughs> and really good in it. And uh, actually, I got my friend Will Sasso's in it as well, so it's cool to be. Oh, cool. Yeah. doing a movie with a, with a friend but um yeah that's that's i mean that's completely different it's animation but it's you know it's it's 3d but it's kind of painted and and, and comes across as 2d but yeah it's still 3d so it's a really interesting take on the on the animation genre and i just it's it's sort of it, it feels a little bit throwback to you know those 80s cartoons like thundercats and um oh, wow. All that kind of stuff. So the score has a very strong element of that in it. It's, you know, it's what I was trying to do was kind of create this feeling of 1983, but at the same time, much like in, in um, you know, 
top 40 music now. There's a lot of throwback stuff yeah. to the 80s. Yeah. Um, so what I, that's kind of what I was trying to do with the score. So it was really fun to get the Roland D50 out and the Juno and just play around with synths and <laughs> big old fake toms and fake drum kits. And yeah, that was really fun. So, you know, as I said, there's so much, the, the, the canvas for animation is just so broad. So Yeah, that looks really good. I'm looking forward to uh, that appearing. Do you know, when that's coming out because i guess no, it's, I mean, if it's animation um, it could be forever yet <laughs> yeah it's um it's uh, i think it has a distribution in um canada right but, uh, i think they're finalizing deals in the u.s and um, right, okay. and the rest of the world but yeah it's it's it's, it's really fun because it's it's told from the other side really because normally you know we, we live in a world where we watch superheroes and, yeah. and they're the good guys when in, in this movie it's not that the superheroes are the bad guys but they're not necessarily well liked no you're um, sort of seeing it from the point of view of the henchman and the yeah exactly so. That's great. Yeah, so it's it's a really fun little movie, and I had a lot of, a lot of fun doing the score. And and the wonderful thing about Adam, the director, is just he there's so much trust. And you know, the, when I before I started writing it, he said, "Listen, I want this score to be what you want it to be." Obviously, I want to like it, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I completely trust in your vision of what you think the score should be which is so lovely to have that much trust yeah yeah um which is kind of kind of rare because you know when you work on movies now it's there's 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 already a vision musically from a director or from a studio and but with this one it was just do what you want which was great <laughs> yeah i mean just just looked him up actually he's uh not a bad cv he's got going there for the <laughs> like basically he's an ex-pixar person i take it from from that scene yes he is yes, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and actually, best. I mean, him and Jimmy, the guy who directed Freebirds, they've been best friends for years and years uh, and years. So, the way I got that film was that I saw a teaser online that was really, and you know, I kind of not fell in love with it, but was really taken by it. Yeah. And at the time, you know, I was even smaller fish than I am now. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I went, I went to my agent. I said, listen, I've seen this animation. It's an indie thing. I think at the time Will Ferrell was involved in producing it, but he later dropped out. But anyway, yeah. um, so then we found out who was, what studio it was, who was directing it. So I call, actually called up Jimmy and I said, do you know this guy, um, Adam Wood? You know, a lot of animated <laughs> guys know each other. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, <laughs> and they've known each other for 25 years. Right. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, Jimmy got him, I think Jimmy got him the job at Pixar and, you know, they've worked uh, together for years and years yeah, and years. Yeah. So... So that's kind of how I got that gig, really. It's very cool. I, I am looking forward to that. A couple of other cre credits you've got. Uh, I mean, as I say, additional music on God knows how many things. Uh, X-Men, Kingsman, vocalist on Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah. So what was that? Yeah, that was great. I mean, I've done a, a few vocal things now for Hans and for Henry, and, and yeah. I do some stuff for myself. But uh, so I think I'm not quite sure what I can say, but... Um, <laughs> so it's, 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 so so Hans calls me up. And he said, "Can you pop over? I want I want to show you something." So I go over there, and um, he shows me this string texture, uh, where you know everything starts on one note, and then it all gets you kind of slides up all separately, and then finishes on the same note, and right. then slides back down. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's so. Do you want me to? You want me to like track that up with the cello? And he's like, no, I want you to sing it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, and he said, and he so he said so that uh, in that kind of tortured, almost that tortured thing that you did for the Captain America. 
thing. Obviously not the same, but in that, you know, that that that, that really stressed, tortured vocal right, almost yeah. breaking up. Um, which was very much the inspiration for um the Cap Two stuff and the Winter Soldier. Yes. So yeah. so yeah, I spent three hours or plus tracking <laughs> myself up doing these from one note I don't know I can't remember it wasn't all the notes of the scale luckily but it was yeah it was a lot of them (laughs) Um, of like almost to the it's like a whispered scream that would crack and move up to another note and hold it obviously each time I did it I'd move at a separate rate so you get this really stretched cool tortured noise right um but you know, doing that for three and a half hours, I, I, I'm not. Just, I couldn't talk for. I really couldn't talk for a week. Um, but you know, but, as usual with Hans, it's such a unique and awesome idea. Yeah, and yeah. in the movie, it sounds great. Yeah, and you know, when Hans calls, you go. So <laughs> definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, he. You know, I did. Um, I did a few things for Zim, and I. I did the voices of Electro in Spider-Man 2. Right, okay, um, yeah. And I think that's all I've done vocally for him. I've done a few cello things for him. And then I've done, as I said, I did uh, the Winter Soldier vocals. I, that's It's the, the Laffy Taffies and Wreck-It Ralph, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've done a few things now. I, was, I did uh, the Mr. Weenie Opera in open season which i did with rupert um <laughs> but i love it i mean i, I you know I, my two instruments at you know training to be a musician was the cello and, and my voice yeah my mum's a singing teacher and my dad's yeah, cellist so yeah you know there you go those are my two things yeah yeah so i whenever someone asks me to sing i always jump at the opportunity because i love <laughs> doing it awesome Yes. Have you got anything else coming up? I do. So I'm doing Hunter Killer with director Donovan Marsh, who's great. And that's got Gerald Butler, Gary Oldman, Billy Bob Thornton, Common. And that's a submarine movie. So that's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Um, And that, so I, I guess, just going off on a slight tangent, I guess I've got, you know, a couple of sounds now that I'm starting to create for my CB, which is, you know, the animation. Then I've got the sort of comedy stuff. And also that, uh, kind of weird electronic slightly pushing the envelope dramatic score which is you know yeah. which i used for spooks and money monster last year yes yeah so it's that it's going to be that genre so um so to get the gig you know i sent him a bunch of I sent donovan a bunch of that stuff and he really reacted to it being you know not that stereotypical hollywood thriller score something yeah. a little bit different and a little bit quirky and electronic and cool and you know all those words that people like to hear fresh and new and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah so yeah really looking forward to doing that so right now i'm, I'm gathering a bunch of submarine and electronic noises to you know get some inspiration <laughs> and 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 start with that one very cool so a couple of last questions that we always ask guests. First of all, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? I'm not watching anything at the moment, which is really bad. <laughs> I tend to just watch sport because right. I'm obsessed with sport. Yeah. Um, things I want to watch, though, I started watching Westworld, which I, I had to stop because I was so busy. Yeah. I want to get back into that. So yeah. I've managed to avoid any spoilers. Well done. So I want to, I want, yeah, I want to watch that. I want to watch the new Black Mirrors, which I haven't caught up on. Yes, they're very good. Um, I want to watch the new Sherlock, which I haven't been able to watch yet. Yes, that's... Well, um, first episode of that's a bit dodgy. Second episode's brilliant, though. That's that's what people are saying. Um, yes. So maybe, I, 
do I need to watch the first one to know what's yeah. going on in the second one? Yeah, oh, you do. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, I can't think. What yeah. else do I want to watch? Um, but stuff I've recently watched. I've watched, I, you know, before I got slammed, um, I, I watched Stranger Things. Yeah. Which I loved. Yeah. Uh, but TV, I mean, I, I say this a lot, but TV now, because I'm so busy and when I go home, I'm so knackered. It has <laughs> yeah. to be, re- it has to be yeah. like million miles a minute otherwise i just fall asleep especially if i've got a glass of wine in my hand yes I just fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem um so uh, last question will be if you had the opportunity to work on ev- any show past present or future not including the one you're on obviously which show would it be wow show not film yeah yeah let's go because you were you do you're mainly based on a i mean you do both i guess so well, yeah, okay, you can have either. <laughs> oh no, I'll do uh, I'll do TV shows. Uh, um, well, I'll give you both. I think film would be not specifically; it would be a a sixties um, Second World War. Okay, which yeah. I guess is kind of kind of similar to, to what I'm. Yeah, which is doing sort now, of what but, you're doing. Yeah. Um, but TV show, oh, um, past, present, or future? What would I do? You know what? You know what? You, I always find myself answering this with questions like this, and I gravitate towards the scores that I love for TV shows. Yeah. So while I, it's more like I would like to have come up with that idea and done that. Yeah, yeah. And that, and I think that would be all, all like you know, TV themes. And I, I would love to have written the Quantum Leap TV theme. <laughs> yeah. so no, it is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, but and it's such a great show. I think that if they reboot Quantum Leap. Yeah, I'd yeah, definitely yeah. stick my name in the hat for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that'll happen at some point. It's got to. I'm sure they've talked about it, but they're, they're, yeah, Every, they're I mean, everything's to, getting remade now. Yeah, they're, I mean, so. they're, they're working. They're working their way through '80s things at this point. So you know, it, it'll happen yeah. at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome um well thank you for for coming on and spending a bit of time it's been uh nice to catch up all right mate all right, well cheers. great to talk to you and, and you. Uh, take care See bye. Ya, bye. so that was the interview with dominic lewis hope you enjoyed that man in the castle the third season should be coming sometime in the winter ish later in the year so uh, we'll talk to dominic again and we'll talk to him a bit about ducktales as well Next up, we have highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week kicks off with The Tick. Um, Have you caught this yet? Because the first episode is already up. I'm a big fan of Peter Serafinovich, though, so I might check it out. Yeah, worth going to check out. First episode's great. Very, very similar to um, the old version of The Tick, just kind of all updated. But Peter Serafinowicz is brilliant in the lead role, really does it justice. So uh, season one of that is going on the 25th of August to Amazon Prime, well worth watching. Over on Netflix, there is a new pot comedy called Disjointed. That's coming on the 25th of August. It stars Kathy Bates as the owner of a pot shop. Pop. Uh, can't talk today <laughs> pot shop and, <laughs> and uh, it's coming from chuck Lorre, who is the man behind big bang theory and two and a half men and all those big american comedies so uh yes kathy bates is the owner of a pot shop pot shop <laughs> can't, 
can't say that. Kathy Bates says the owner of a pot shop called Disjointed, that is. The Mist, which is an adaptation of the Stephen King novel, that's coming 25th of August to Netflix as well. Uh, that's been going down, I think, fairly well in the US. On to more normal TV, we've got BBC One on the 27th of August at five minutes past nine, Strike the Cuckoo Calling. This is based on the J.K. Rowling's Cormorant Strike novels. The uh, the ones she didn't write as J.K. Rowling, she wrote as under a pseudonym because she wanted to prove to people that they you know that they will buy her books without just buying it because it had J.K. Rowling on the front. I didn't. How did that work out? Brilliantly well. She's now a best-selling author from both of them, from both yeah. these series and Harry Potter. So uh, just woman can write. I think he's fair to say. But she she wrote a series of three books in these Cormorant Strike series, so they're all getting made. But but this is the first one. It's a three episode little mini series. They're sort of, I think, hour or two hours long, something like that. But uh, yeah, that's coming on the 27th of August. It's called Strike the Cuckoo's Calling. The Last Ship is back for its fourth season on the 27th of August at 9pm. This is on Sky One. I, I do really like the show. It gets more preposterous as the season goes on. But, <laughs> you know, it's a Michael Bay thing. So <laughs> what do you Why expect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there is a trailer up on the website for it. They're very beardy <laughs> this season. <laughs> there there's, doesn't seem to... It looks like they, they all kind of stopped shaving or lost all their razors or something. But uh, yeah, Last Chip Season 4, that's coming on the 27th of August at 9pm. Victoria is back, which stars uh, Jenna Coleman as Queen Victoria. That's back for its second season on ITV. Going directly up against Strike on the BBC at five past nine. <laughs> so um, yes, they've decided to place battle as uh, Victoria <laughs> goes up against the, the uh, strike zone. A very odd time as well. Five yeah, I, I think there's something else on before it. Um, mm. But so, uh, yeah, I can't remember what else was on. There was something else as well. There. So there's that. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Great British Bake Off, back for its eighth season. That's on the 29th of August at 8pm. Is that on... next Tuesday? Is that right? Yes, yeah, so that is next Tuesday. That comes onto Channel 4. So don't go looking on the BBC. It's on Channel 4. <laughs> so that's everything for this week, I think. Unless you've got anything else you want to add in. Uh, no, well, my birthday on Saturday. I will be 23 uh, years old, so there will be cake. Child. <laughs> 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 so dear yes well happy birthday anyway thank, thank you I only, it's not really my birthday I just, I just wanted to mention I just wanted to like <laughs> and uh, what about the podcast how's the podcast going oh good yeah we've got the second episode out we're just doing a third one on uh, ironically we're doing a third one on moving house which is a bit different from the wedding stuff but it's been ironically delayed because of moving house <laughs> <laughs> right yes but, yeah, that'll be within the next couple of weeks I think uh, it's well, uh, civil partners on you know iTunes, Overcast, whatever you get your podcasts on. Yes, yeah. So uh, civil partners, if you go and look for that. For us, uh, you can find us on geektown.co.uk throughout the week to see all the latest news and air dates. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.